0: welcome you to another edition. I am totally bummed out today. I am like lower than a snake's belly. Oh, man. I welcome you to another edition. And, uh, you know, all I can do is come in here and do the show, you know. but God, I'm bumming out. And you know why I'm bumming out? Because of my MLS soccer team. I am so freaking just mad, depressed, bumming out today. And I know that's stupid. I know that sounds stupid to you, and I get that. But I can only do this show as I can do it, and so I want to ask you today. Because here's what my team did to me last night. First of all, you know this messy guy is playing in the MLS now, and he's you know he's incredible greatest player in the world, all that stuff. Um, you know, here's my thing about sports. That I, I just can't, I just can't do this, man. Like, you know, the pain in sports is something that Hey, what's going on? The pain in sports is something that people, like non-sports fans, don't understand. They just don't. But like when you have a squad and they're kind of cool and they're kind of your guys, and, and they go out and they get beat by somebody in a sport, you know, and you have your colors on and you shoot your shot, right? But you lose, okay, fine. So last night... the and i'm gonna tie this back into what we do here trust me because i got because i got talent and sean sinclair's here today and he's on he, and i didn't tell these guys what i wasn't do today because i'm really like pissed off today and bummed out so you know like the union and the mls thing is just kind of a fringe thing in our society okay whatever but the messy guy has come and he's put all these eyeballs on this deal and That freaking coach of my team last night, we're an attacking team. That's how we play. Okay? That freaking coach last night pulled our two best strikers off the field, put a kid up there that's never been up there, has zero business, no offense to him, of being in that spot, and we went out last night and peed down our legs. Our goalkeeper was scared to death of this messy guy. They were scared to death of the moment. They were afraid of him. And these are guys that have played in World Cups. And it's all because the head coach decided that I'm going to be, before the game is even started, we're going to lose the game. Instead of being who you are. And I was thinking in the deep recesses of my brain, why do I even care about this? And then I got to thinking, you know, since I'm in pain today, I would like to do a show on sports pain. And some of the worst you've ever felt after a game and the reasons why. And if you could tell me, like, what it was like, where you were. I mean, quick story. So my son comes home last night. He's playing basketball with his buddies. And he saw the score. And he goes, Dad, I told you. You're watching a seller's league. It's borderline minor league. And I don't know what you're getting all upset. And it pissed me off because he's not right. He's not. Like, my team last night did not give a representation of who they are. They never even gave themselves a chance to play in the game. And I realize, like, am I watching world levels? No. You know... Kind of like when the Vols went down to Georgia last year and got overwhelmed. I'll say this for Josh Heupel, unlike this Jim Curtin guy in Philly, they didn't change who they were. They went out and played their freaking game. I hate, hate in sports when people get in the ring with somebody and they just because you have an opponent across from you and you're afraid of them, you're not who you are. I just can't do that. I just cannot. I cannot sign up for that. I cannot do that. I hate. I abhor that. And that's what happened last night. And so the whole world goes, well, you know, these MLS guys suck. and and Messy. Everybody blows him. And I get it. He's a great. You know, he's incredible. I get it. But my God, I mean, why be afraid of this person? Why do you have to be afraid of this person? So here's my question for you. I would like painful moments for you in sports, and tell me a story around it. Tell me like a personal story about something that's, you know, and and last, I'm telling you, last night I was like in pain, because you know, you got these people kind of paying attention to it, and, look, and you just want to be proud of your thing, and... I didn't think they're gonna win, you know, but my gosh, man! I mean, you're gonna look like that? Why bother? You're gonna look like that? And here's Sean Sinclair to throw salt in my wounds. Sean, good morning to you.
1: Tony, good morning. I'm not gonna throw salt in your wounds because even though, even though I agree with Anthony about the uh, the dedication to that level of sport. I have been right there with you and and I will will put my painful story out to the public which I'm embarrassed about but was revolving recruiting and it's just come out in the past week about Tim Couch wanting to go to Tennessee and his father threw a hissy fit left for three days and uh, so Tim to appease him uh, went to Kentucky so My story goes that I had heard through back channels that Tim Couch had committed to Tennessee and David Cutcliffe, wanted to follow Manning, and he was the top player in the country, top quarterback certainly. And I will never forget it. I was in Memphis and my wife at the time and I were going to a Mexican restaurant and to eat dinner and have some fun and it came over the uh, fifteen ten WLAC. That Tim Couch was going to Kentucky, and oh my, it ruined my day. Now remember, so for all you Nicks out there, I've been there, I've done that. I probably did it harder than you did, unfortunately. But I'll. It ruined my week, and uh, so I feel you. And, and to my ex wifes credit she she understood what uh you know what, how much I was invested in that stuff but uh no I don't uh I, I don't pick your scab Tony I, uh, I I I try to comfort you uh, no matter well, how
0: you know what's funny it, like Laura looked, at, Laura looked at me last night she goes it really bothers you doesn't it I said yeah it it really is like like I'm in my 50s I'm over here like borderline crying about the way they're playing because they're not themselves, and I hated it. But you know what I hated more than that was feeling the way I was feeling, and I was thinking, I can't be alone. So here you are all these years later thinking about how, and if I'm not mistaken, Sean, wasn't that right around Christmas time that that happened because we were down in Chattanooga I remember I got out of bed that morning. I learned about it from, like, the um, word gossip wrote an article in the Chattanooga Free Press down there. We were down there staying with Laura's family at the time, and I remember waking up that next day and seeing where Tim Couch committed to Kentucky, and it was really kind of, like, shocking. I mean, for those of us that were following that, especially that it happened that quickly um Because there was a sense that at that time David Cutcliffe kind of had the Midas touch, right? There was a sense that that was going to happen. But as an adult person, <laughs> you have to think: Why am I letting this ruin my day? Where this kid's going to school?
1: but well, a couple things. You know, the backstory of it was that you know he, he there's no question, and I'd heard that he wanted to come to Tennessee and committed and all that stuff and. Of course, you know there. Was, I mean, there were very few sickos like me at that time, so there was. I mean, so there was not much you could people, not many people you could talk to about it. But the thought at the time was that uh, uh, Mr. Couch was a postal worker, I believe, in the state of Kentucky, yep. and, and so you know when there's a uh, there's a habit with recruitniks that if a player goes to your school. It's because he loves the school and the school's so great. If the player that you want goes to an opposing school, well, then they must have cheated and they must. Mm-hmm. You can see it right now with the Williams in mm-hmm. Winnery going in Missouri. Well, he probably want to go somewhere else, but it's the NIL. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, that whole that whole thing hasn't changed over the past thirty years. It's just a different you know a different way of explaining it. But nonetheless. Yeah, I can't remember the details of the time of year. I can I can picture it right in my mind: the front of the Mexican restaurant, us driving in, me being instantly pissy, and her just rolling her eyes. And um, and but the the exact details of the timing messed me up because then the then the Chris Sims one sent me for a loop as well. When his you know his mother, you know Chris and and, uh, and um, uh, what was the dad? What Phil? Phil. Phil wanted him to go to Tennessee. With Same Tuck. thing. Well, yep. he wanted to be developed at Tennessee. I don't yep. know if this, the years roll by, but yep. and uh, his mother became infatuated with Texas and uh, the you know the high society and all that stuff, and she thought that you know per, that's the story goes this, that uh, Tennessee was beneath the Sims family and blah 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 blah. uh, Hang on, on on Sims. Those two things things rocked me. But I'll tell you what. Another one that that was equally exciting in those days in the wilderness was it was a Friday night. Uh, I had just moved to Maryville. uh, Or or I'd been here about a year. And I'll never forget, it was nothing much going on. My kids hadn't even arrived yet. And uh, I got word that Kevin Simon had committed to Tennessee. Uh, number I mean, one linebacker out of Dillonville in California. <laughs> I think he's still part of the program now, and uh, and so the exu- it goes the other way too. It was stupid exuberance for a 18 year old kid from California wanting to come to Tennessee. But there I was, just I, I mean, like I just found the end of a rainbow, and there was my bucket of gold.
0: I'm telling you right now, I'm in total pain over a stupid ass. Major League Soccer, soccer game. Now, Messi is going to come to um, Nashville on Saturday for the finals of that deal because they've wiped out that Mexican league. That Mexican league used to be really good. They wiped them totally off the face of the earth. The MLS did. They went head-to-head with them. So that's at least something. The thing that's really interesting to me is that Messi mania is going to be for real down there, and I have friends that told me they're going to pay four or five hundred bucks to get in that get in that stadium on Saturday. It's going to be wild down there, Saturday night. Go, go! You have a chance to see a once in a lifetime athlete. It's kind of like if Pele himself would have played on our shores uh, when he still had a lot of gas in the tank. I mean. You get a chance to go see so go see a guy like that and talk about it for forever. Why wouldn't you do that? I'm in total freaking pain today. I and I, I, I have people gonna go. Man, I was a little silly old guy. that guy's a total loser. That guy is tore up over a major league soccer game. Listen, when you tune this show in, you're getting me for better or for worse. I mean, you're, you know, and and this is what we do. And Sean just told on himself for sitting there, and I think it was around Christmas time. And he's bumming out over Tim Couch. And, you know, these, the women in our lives that don't go as deep with this stuff as we do are probably looking at us going, internally, they're probably looking at us going, what are these people, nine? What am I married to a nine? Because I felt like a nine-year-old last night. Anthony comes home. He goes, Dad, you're all upset over You're in a cellar league. These guys are world-class players. There's three of them. They signed up from Barcelona. What did you think was going to happen? And I'm sitting there trying to explain to him, no, you don't understand. We never even tried to play them. We, We kissed this guy's rear end. And I want you to tell me. Painful moments in sports for you, your sports watching, go into the recesses of your brain and tell us some stories today. Where you were, what it did to you, how it affected you. Because the thing about sports is, if it's going to matter to you, it's going to hurt sometimes. You know, it's going to get you high sometimes, but it's also going to hurt you. It's like a relationship, you know. It's gonna make you feel great, and it's gonna really hurt you. And I sit here today, and I'm just like, "What is wrong with me?" I woke up today pissed. I am like really mad. And then I was listening to a podcast, a guy named Kevin Kincaid out of Philly. You want to turn, You want to laugh? It's called "It's Always Soccer" in Philadelphia, and he today was like what are we doing you didn't even try and he's right by the way and he loves the sport like world level he's like you know these guys aren't world level i understand that you gotta try so dig into the recesses of your brain and tell me about moments for you that were completely painful and I'm like reevaluating myself today. I'm like, you know, what am I doing? But I'm not sure I'd change it. I'm not sure I'd change it. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two is the number. I'll tell one. I'll tell one quick University of Tennessee story that comes to mind. So in 1996, Tennessee had that Florida thing they just couldn't get over. And we all know that. Florida enters the league. One of the funnest games of my uh, youth here was that, I think it was 1990 Florida game. It was 90. It was my last year on campus. And 90 was a weird year because you had... It was an unbelievably hard schedule. Unbelievably hard schedule. And, I mean, at the time, you played two teams that ended up playing for the national championship in Colorado and Notre Dame in the non-league portion of your schedule during the year. And one of them was an elective game. That Colorado team, for people that see Colorado now... Sean, what would that Colorado that pigskin Classic thing? What would that be akin to now? Who would they be out there right now in college football? Because they had all those guys from LA. That team was low. I'm talking loaded, like loaded. Who, is there anybody on the in in the landscape, Bry, that we can compare them to? Who who do we compare? Well, they'd them have been to? like. Uh, Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley. Sort of. They had everybody. They had like yeah, And, the, and the, the
1: thing was that in that game, <clears throat> their best player, B. Enemy, didn't even play. Yes. That was Dale Carter's uh, initiation to Tennessee football and to college football. He
0: was incredible.
1: Uh, I, one of the best I've ever seen.
0: Literally one of the it most made high it, level. Made it, made it look yeah. so easy so the florida thing that year was incredible as a night game we were shaking our keys at them uh i remember that it was like a just people in the stadium at the time used to shake keys every once in a while and everybody had their keys out and it was the craziest sound you've ever heard and tennessee blew them off the field you're thinking well this is going to be what the florida series is going to be and that was it for us for close to you know like a decade well they they beat him two years later in 92 in the rain game. And right. that was it. And that was it. Thank you. 1996. I'm doing a radio show. I'm like all like proud of that. I'm just a kid. I don't know what I'm doing. I've been doing a show since like 93, um, 94. And I bring my brother down who's exactly 10 years older than me but who raised me like on all the Philadelphia sports and used to take me to games as a kid. And I'm thinking you know I'm going to reciprocate. I'm going to take him to a big SEC game and at the time um, this is uh, this is all this all happened. At the time Billy Packer's son, Brant Packer, was interning with me. And and Brant Packer is a great great young man. He's going on to have a great sports career, Emmy award-winning sports career behind the scenes. Never wanted to be in front of the camera. But just a great, funny guy, funny young man, intelligent kid, terrific human being. So he says to me, hey, man, listen. Through my dad's connections, I have ten tickets to this game, and I'm going to get them to you Friday night. I have ten of them. They're CBS tickets. They're going to go unused. This happens a bunch. Um, And they're really good seats in the stadium. It's kind of a part of the deal. They give us tickets and blah, blah, blah. So I tell my brother, hey, man, get a flight. Come on down. Stay with me and Laura. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, that's incredible. So he gets on the, you know, he gets flight. We're, he's flying down. Packer calls me Friday night, like in a fever. Oh, Tony, I'm so sorry. I'll never forget this. I think the guy's name was Pilsen at the time. Neil wants the tickets. He's like the president of the CBS Sports, I think, at the time. And I'm going, this can't be happening to me. This can't. But, you know, I do a show, and people. this this is how naive I am. And people kind of know who I am, and somebody's going to, you know. We'll just go outside the game, and somebody will walk up. And, and say here are a couple tickets. So I got my, my my brothers with me. you Know I'm wanting to put on a good show, and I mean you hate that it comes to that, but you're the, you know I want to put on a good show. And we're down there, and there's nobody selling tickets, but there are several thousand people outside that game. I've never seen and Stadium like that before or since they call that thing the game of the century. It was insane. It was the two best teams in college football. It kind of wasn't close. There was a huge gap. It was a league game. It would be like um, a couple years ago, Georgia and Alabama playing in the regular season. That's what it would have been. Minus the non-playoff era. So the game kind of means everything. The winner is going to play for a national championship that wins that game in September. I can't get a ticket. I can't. In fact, he came down and we watched the first half over at the UC, and I told him, "Hey, they opened the they opened the um, they opened the thing, they opened the the gates in the second half." It is one of my worst sports. First of all, it's humiliating. Secondly, I learned a valuable lesson, which is a bird in the hands worth ten in the bush thirdly the vols were awful they were scared they were like the union last night they were scared to death of that game it was embarrassing embarrassing to well, be a part of this thing that day it was embarrassing they were they were scared the next year when they went down there with that with brian the they were in their building kind of like the union last night let it go you're in your front of your people don't play scared when you're in, in front of your people. That, that's just what former did against Florida most years. Well, that's what Majors teams did against Alabama later and, in his tenure. And if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, I think while we were watching it at the University Center, it was 35 and nothing. and at one point my brother turns to me and goes, man, I'm glad we're not in that stadium. And I go, why? Why would you be glad of that? And he goes, because this makes a better story. Like 25 years later, this will make it better. So here we are, 27 years later. I guess it makes a better story. But not only did I not get into the game with my brother, my team got humiliated. It was totally embarrassing. They weren't ready for prime time, and it sucked. And to this day, that loss is a piece of me. Sean, were you at that game? That loss is a piece of me to this day. A piece of me. I'm telling you, a piece of me. Give me the details again. The 96 Florida, Florida, Florida game. At UT? Yeah, were you there? When it was 35-0? Yes, I was.
1: And the thing that, if I'm not mistaken, that's the one um, where, where uh, James Bates uh, had a big game. He was the son of Jim Bates, who was a linebacker coach at Tennessee when I was in school, when we were in school. James was from Sevierville. Went down to Florida, uh, talked a lot. Went on to become a, a successful broadcaster, I, I believe. And then, um, and then his younger brother Jeremy as well. But, uh, but uh, yeah, and I think he had a big. He might have had a pick or something oh, in that no. game. Uh, but yeah, it was awful. It was
0: awful, awful. And I walked out of there like re, literally like I feel today, like reevaluating my relationship with sports. Let's go to the phones. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. I'm talking about the pain today. Cause I'm in pain. I'm in pain. Hey, the highs are high. The lows are low. I'll tell you this about last year's Georgia game. Say what you want to say. At least Tennessee shot their shot last year against Georgia. Now they weren't ready for it, but they at least went down there and tried to do what they do. And they got kind of overwhelmed. No shame in that. If my guys last night would have gone out and played like the way they usually play, which is attacking, and you get beat 5 and nothing because you're not on their level, you get beat 5 nothing. When you don't put your people out there and you don't try, I mean, what the hell is that? What are we doing? And by the way, the next time one of my teams does that, why bother? Why even put your uniform on if you're not going to try? People say, well, you're really in pain over that. Yeah, I am. I'm pissed off. Yeah, I really am. Hello and welcome into our first call.
2: Celtic Drew, what's going on? What's guys? up,
0: Drew? Welcome in.
2: You know, soccer is really weird. It's one of it's one of those sports where if you are the underwhelming uh, underdog or overwhelming underdog, yeah. you immediately change your tactics before the game has even started, and pretty much just decide, like last night with the Union, hey, we're just going to sit back not let Busquets, Alba, and Messi destroy us. Instead of saying, hey, screw it, let's try to catch them on the break, go forward, catch an early goal, and put them on their heels. It's really weird, but that's just the way it is because there is that threat, like you said, where for whatever reason these coaches um, are kind of bred to believe, hey, if you put you know your best foot forward against a team on paper that's better than you, you could end up down three or four to nothing really quick. Maybe, you know that's what I mean? why, maybe that's
0: why these U.S. teams in the World Cup always turtle up. No offense. Maybe because it's that mentality that's yeah. bred in that well, sport.
2: Well, I mean, I feel like the U.S. really has kind of been famous and made their hay from not doing that in the World Cup. I mean, 2002 comes to mind. They were attacking... Against the Portugal team, that was probably one of the most talented teams in the tournament. They beat Mexico and went to the quarterfinals. Give me your. Give me
0: me some sports pain, Drew. You're going to kill people with the soccer talk. I know, I'm
2: sorry. Love you. Well, funny enough, but it is soccer. I'm not going to take any of the low hanging, like 2001 LSU fruit or anything like that. Um, Mine would be the 2014 World Cup loss to Belgium. Tim Howard had a World Cup record 16 saves. Um, we really didn't deserve to be in the game, but, uh, in comes Chris Wondolowski and somehow we just end up with a sitter. And at that time, their goalkeeper, Courtois was kind of considered like the best in the world, really. Uh, at least one of the top two. And Chris Wondolowski just completely puts one over the bar from like three feet out. And me and five of my buddies that put together, um, the uh, an american outlaws chapter not the biker gang but the u.s soccer almost student section if you will and we were down at crown and goose and man we got it to the point where the fire marshal was coming to like every game kind of an overflow to the other bars in the old city but just because of all the work we put into that and the run that team made losing in the round of 16 after getting out of a group with ghana portugal and germany um and having it right there and having a guy just miss from three feet out was unbelievably painful, and the bracket was wide open for us after that, too.
0: Cinco, we did a call-in show after that. You remember that, Sean? Total pain.
2: Yeah, that one hurt. I mean, I could go with Michigan State or LSU, but I figured I'd try to do something different, you know. uh,
0: Thank you, Drew. You kept it on the pitch, but I'm a real – I mean, I'm the guy that's crying over an MLS game. I mean, I really need help.
2: Look, they they could have come out and played forward, but that, that Miami team is special, and it's kind of ridiculous the amount of world class talent they've amassed in a short amount of time. So,
0: thank you, brother
2: Roger days ahead. See you guys. Soon. Thank
0: you. And they got another one on the way because they're adding Suarez to their deal. You know, uh, I got one, but I don't. If you want to save it, it's it. fine. Well, the Sister Jean game. Oh my where gosh. Somehow they they really didn't play very well, but they found themselves in a prime position to steal a game they didn't deserve to win with a wide-open bracket past that. And somehow Loyola hits a shot that literally had like a 1 in 500 chance of going in that just hit every piece of the rim and fell in in the last seconds. And and how, knew, and where were you, it, Brian? Where were you when you were watching that game, and how did you feel? I was I was, I was, I was sitting at home, I think, watching that one on a kind of a rainy afternoon. Rainy here, yeah. yep. I remember just going after after that thing ended. I did, I just turned the TV off and, and went outside and, and drove the car like down the street and all around, like down like <laughs> five miles down the road. That was just I just couldn't. I didn't understand how it could end, how, how that kind of a season could end that way for that team, and it was such a cruel heartbreak. Back to the phones we go. The pain is real. I want you to share with me because we're going really to go through a really great football season. It's going to have its highs, and it's going to have its lows. And the lows, if the lows are low enough or they piss you off enough, they make you reevaluate what you're doing. Like when Brian's in his car going, I am literally out here driving around aimlessly, upset to the point of inconsolation over a loss to Loyola of Chicago, who I didn't even know existed. The Loyola, Chicago, whatever they were. Let's go back to our phones. Hello and welcome into our next call. Tony, how are you doing? Doing great. Thank you. Um. Could I divert from the
3: topic for a second? Uh, about, you said something about Maui, uh, in your blog. The yeah, other day. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you a question. Do you like, do you and Sean and, uh, Brian like pineapples? Oh, yeah. Any of you like pineapples? All my, all my pizzas. Okay. I'll give you a way that you can. Get something that you will truly love and can help folks in Maui and give money to a business that will help people there to work. It's called Maui Go Pineapple. They don't know I'm doing this, so I, I got acquainted with it uh, with the pineapples when I went to Maui back five years ago. They are phenomenal. You can order them online through MauiPineapple.com. Okay, they are contributing a part of the proceeds from the sales of pineapples to help the recovery effort in Lahana.
0: Were you out there, Joe, when you went out to the Hawaii yes. game? Yes, I was
3: out there. I've been to Maui. I've been to Maui a couple of times, and I've been to Hawaii uh, two or three times. It, 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 I've said this to numerous people over the years that if I was lucky enough to win the lottery, that would be where I would want to go for paradise to live the rest of my life.
0: You know what's really well, sad about that story? It's beautiful. Well, besides the death, obviously, of all those folks, which is just, it's incomprehensible as a human being when you look at something like You're that. Right. And truly, unless you have skin in the game, when you watch something like that, it's really... Um, it's kind of hard to relate to that because it's incomprehensibly sad. But absolutely. But the thing that and, and I was talking to somebody from Tennessee about because the the Maui thing might get might get moved now. It'd be the fourth time in five years that that Maui deal is played somewhere else. And they were hearing that it might get moved to Vegas, which is the item you're talking about that I wrote about over at T Club Team yesterday. The thing I was told was the devastation from those fires, it burned out, just burned out. A part of the downtown there, the heart of their downtown that's been there forever, not the new construction of the, um, a lot of the hotels and things like that. They're fine. Right. They're fine. The old part of that city that had been, uh, for is been there for decades and decades yeah. and generations, and, gen- and the heartbeat and the heart and soul of the deal just burned to the ground, like the Chicago fires of the late 1800s, just burned to the ground. Right. Just so terrible, so terrible.
3: Uh, the, 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 the only thing that's left are the shells of buildings that are brick. That's it. Yeah. Uh, the wooden buildings that had been there since the whaling town, uh, which is what it was back in the late 17s and 1800s, uh, are gone. 200 plus year old buildings are gone. Uh, and, uh, the service industry people were the ones that were really mainly affected. So, the folks sad. That do the gr- yeah, do the grunt work that keep things, the tourism going on Maui. They're the ones that have been mostly affected by what's going on.
0: So heartbreaking. Well, Joey, give us the pineapple thing one more time. Brian Hartman wants that, wants to know what that was.
3: MauiPineapple.com. Maui Gold, Maui Gold is the pineapple. They will ship you, you can o- order one okay. pineapple, two pineapples, or a case with <sighs> seven pineapples. Uh, they will ship them to you FedEx, mm. two days, mm. delivery, mm. Uh, and the pineapples are phenomenal. I mean, you will, you will become addicted to them. They're that Joe, good.
0: On another note, how is Vanderbilt going to play a game in that stadium in 11 days when they have no football stadium right now? Are you going to explain to me how that's going to happen?
3: Yeah, they're gonna, they're, what they've done is, is they've, they're gonna seal off the end zones, uh, and they've already started doing that. And they're gonna have sideline kind, kind of seating, uh, like, uh, like you, a, high say, school you know, stadium. a large high school game. Oh my gosh. Uh, and that's the way, that's the way they're gonna do what it. What are gonna, they, like 11,000 people there? 11,000
0: people. What are they gonna, what, 11,000? I mean, what's... The no, of- they'll, they'll get,
3: they, uh, the seating in the end zone, uh, they're going to lose probably uh, – they'll probably be able to get 30000 in the stadium max. $30,000? No,
0: Cinco, have you yeah. seen the clips and the videos and the photos of what remains of Vanderbilt Stadium right now? Because it looks atrocious. No offense. Well, I mean – Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm talking to Cinco. And, and by the way, this is, ver- this is verbal, bro. This ain't physical. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, I've seen a couple
1: of them here and there, but uh, look, I applaud uh, Vanderbilt for, um, hey, here's something, uh, uh, Vandy Joe, I'd I'd like to ask you, this is not my take, this was someone else, and they were talking about,
0: 11 days out,
1: yeah, they were, well, hold on, they were talking about, um, uh, some sportscaster was talking about in the way things are going now, uh, Oregon State, Washington State, pretty much gets left behind. Yeah. Um, and they made the comment that if teams like no disrespect, if teams like Vanderbilt, Mississippi state, et cetera, don't get their act together. They could be jettisoned. I don't know the contract and I don't want this to happen, but in the greed that is college football, yeah. uh, could could someone be replaced like that? And I, I wonder is if that thought about in the Vandy culture, or do they think that? that you know, yeah, it, it has they, been no to man, answer your question. It leave us. Go ahead, John. It Jeff.
3: has been. It has been, in the, in, 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 to answer your question, that's why they're doing what they're doing. Well, good. I mean, I'm going to tell you, their, their seating is not going to be tremendously more than it oh, is right now. God. Uh, I'm talking about what the stadium was. They're not going to be a hundred thousand seat stadium. I mean, that wasn't the idea in oh, what they're doing. Gosh. But they're spending three hundred, almost four hundred million dollars to upgrade facilities. And I mean, uh, it, the university's put in a hundred million dollars of of hard earned. Cabbage to do yep. what they're doing, which is unprecedented. Well, they've added four. I exits. Mean, they've
4: never spent that.
3: They've never spent that kind of money. Four eggs. You know,
1: I'm, 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 I'm an old guy and I'm an a, a, a traditionalist. Somewhat, <clears throat> not so much of bringing Georgia Tech back to the SEC, but you know, the Big Ten has Northwestern. Uh, uh, SEC has Vanderbilt. Duke's over there. These private schools. Stanford in the Pac-10. Um, I. To be honest with you, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. And and, and I like the the opposite. I like it when Vanderbilt finds a loophole and can dominate baseball for a while because you you need –
0: Oh, I mean, sports, Sean. Sports need someone to this be hated. Guy. Sean. Oh,
1: fan base. You know what fan sports need? Needs, and it doesn't
0: mean that I hate Vanderbilt. You know what it's sports that, need, Sean? Like, somebody Vanderbilt
1: to, has their place.
0: We need somebody to beat on. We need doormats. Oh, no, yes, no, no, you no. can't have a league that's too good. You, Vanderbilt serves its place. Its places they're a pseudo-week off.
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. It was interesting. I, even though I couldn't stand the guy, and I still think he's a complete fraud as a, as a guy, when Milk Dud was over there whipping our ass, it, there was something about it that was like a moth to a flame
0: for me. Oh, my God. It's well, blowing. Look,
1: look. What is happening?
3: Remember, that, remember this, What's Tony. It's not, and then I'll give you my heartbreak game. Uh, oh. it, it's, not, it's not been too far back down into history that Vanderbilt was beating Tennessee in football on a semi-regular basis. Give so me your heartbreak. To get
0: that. You're wearing me out. Give me your All heartbreak.
3: All right, my, my, heart, my heartbreak is the Vanderbilt-Florida game when Jay Cutler and Earl Bennett were playing at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt got absolutely screwed in, ja- in Gainesville. They had a chance to win the football game, and they called a phantom celebration penalty against Earl Bennett in the end zone. And Sean McDonough was doing the SEC football game. He was doing the play-by-play, and he he blurted out, "That is an absolute screw job," and it cost him the football game.
0: Were you in pain after that?
3: Oh yeah, I oh. threw I threw something I Whoa. threw something at the wall and and busted a hole in the wall.
0: Well, that made my day. You're
1: out of here. You know what? <laughs> I fully believe that those things happen. and then and then at the end at the next week the um uh, the next week the SEC office can come out and say, Yeah, we made a mistake on that, but you can't go back. I I truly believe the have nots, no no offense, the have nots get screw jobs like that. And no offense often. to
0: Billy Derrick and Vandy Joe and the rest of you and Vandy, Lance from back in the day, you all serve a purpose. <laughs> Listen, hey. A a doormat a doormat outside your house? Everybody wouldn't have one on their stoop if it didn't serve a purpose. Gotta wipe your feet somewhere.
7: featuring Tonino Baleardo return to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at T-Pack Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through toninobaleardo.com A Loud and Live production. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia.
0: TB, back with you. It's a Wednesday edition, breaking it down scientifically. The people that uh, the people that hear us on the Twitter spaces, ladies and gentlemen, they get the news, weather, traffic, and the sports as we welcome you back. 865-200-5402. We're going to go back to our phones. We've been talking about the concept of heartbreak. To my friends at Twitter Spaces, I, the heading is, I'm bummed out, come share my sports misery today. Cinco shared some sports misery with you. Just, I got mad about a freaking MLS game. I'm still mad about it. What is wrong with me? Other than I wear it on my sleeve and it kind of is what it is. But I want you to share with me times of sports misery, how you felt, how you feel now looking back at it. Like that story I told you about the 96 Florida game, I don't know whether to laugh or cry about that. Because there's so much of that story that I look back on and I go, man, I'm glad I kind of ch- have changed a little bit. There's no way I'm, I'm bringing somebody several hundred miles away for a promise tickets now. That's a, that's a part of just growing as a person. Because I've learned in life, unless you have something in your hands, you don't have it in your hands. But let's go back to the phones. 865-200-5402. Tell on yourself here today. I'm giving you a chance to tell on yourself. And, and get it out. I was like near tears last night when I was watching that game. It depressed me so badly, because I just—I knew my guys were like had a chance to just kind of be on a world stage, and to go out there and not be yourself. And, and you know, the thought is, because all politics are local. I don't think this head coach will ever do that to us. What that coach did to me last night. You know that, Sean? I don't think this. Look. Josh Heupel's teams are going to throw up some stinkers. That South Carolina game last year, as somebody told me the other day, we were just talking about the season, and, and a friend of mine said, you know, it's almost like that game didn't happen. It felt like a fever dream. That wasn't because of our the way we approached the game. That wasn't like some kind of tactical thing. That uh, that they decided to go out there and not be themselves. This guy, I'm convinced they're going to be themselves. They're going to get their heads handed to them. Sometimes it's, it happens. Sainko, I don't think we're ever going to come to a time where this guy's going to pucker up before a football game. I just don't think he's going to do that.
1: I wouldn't think so. I thought the, I mean that was an anomaly. I'll give credit to South Carolina, though. I don't respect the coach or the program, no offense. Um, but, no, that was an anomaly. Now, our team puckered up at Georgia. There's no question. I mean, that's six, seven, eight offensive line, you know, or, or line of scrimmage penalties, pre-snap penalties, um, some, you know, some rush throws, et cetera. We definitely puckered up. And that's okay, because everybody in the country would have done the same thing. But I agree. I don't think there's a... I don't think there's a Georgia State game, uh, uh, you know, lying in the weeds. Um, we may not be, we may may not be championship material, but uh, I think we've lapped a lot of the SEC already. And in fact, I would put us up. I would put us up <clears throat> yearly for uh, in the contention for being the third best team in the SEC almost every year. Because I will, I will give due to Alabama and Georgia. Just the way they recruit.
0: Back to it. Let's go back to our phones. By the way, speaking of recruiting, and Joshy boy came up with this. Did you see Eli Drink of Fist's reaction when they staged that video when they got that defensive lineman the other day, Sean?
1: I did not. I That's another guy I just can't.
0: You I, have got. To look that up during our timeout, our next timeout.
1: I just, I mean, I'm seeing.
0: You have got.
1: Jones like
0: stuff. No. In my mind. No, 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 no. It's so much worse than that. It is so. Eli Fifth, I mean, I'm almost embarrassed for him. That he's a male human being. That he's like a man. The way he behaves, the look. I mean, what is he doing? Wait till you see it. First of all, they staged this thing, and they acted like it was some great surprise. Sean, were they surprised that they got him? Was that some great surprise?
1: No, I think no. that transaction had been completed long ago. Thank you. And, and look, I don't say that with any—I don't no. say that with any kind of disdain, because no, you know, uh, nil giveth, Nico, nil taketh away. Hey, buy your players, and
0: I don't blame I them. That's like. Tennessee celebrating getting a kid out of Nashville. It, and here's or, the thing: I don't blame. I don't blame them, Sean. Buy you a player. They're going to buy it another is. one. Buy you buy the Wingo no. kid. Buy you a couple of them. Why not? You're in the SEC. You got to compete. Back the to the funds we go. The problem is, is that two players aren't
1: going to change your record.
0: No. Back to the funds we go. One
1: on the D line and one on the receiver. Right. So it's, it's – and then also, boy, these guys better mind their P's and Q's or that's going to upset Ooh. the locker room.
0: Hello and welcome into our next call.
1: Hey, Tony, it's Parker
0: Hey, Morristown. Hey, welcome in, Parker in Morristown. How you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm
4: doing good, man. we got East-West games uh, this Friday. It's uh, Morristown, East-Morristown, West. Football season is here. Week but,
0: um, zero, brother, week zero. Yeah.
4: Um, no, the thing with Drinkwitz in Missouri – uh, I'm sh- sure you talked about it, and if you did, I'm sorry, but Missouri state law, you can earn NIL money your senior year of high school if you attend the state university, right?
0: Uh, that's correct, and that's an advantage they have, and, th- and they're taking advantage of their advantage, and I don't blame them. Because while yeah. I have an advantage like that from them, I'm putting as much money in accounts of guys that I want in my uh, state as I can jam into their account. I, yes.
4: Well, Kirby Smart was complaining about it. I think he even tried to lobby the Georgia State Legislature. So now you've got coaches becoming lobbyists. So it's sure. full cool circle. Absolutely. But, uh, and I'm surprised that our state representatives haven't tried to do something like that. And anyway, that's another rabbit hole. I, I'm calling about your original question. Gut-wrenching moments for me. You know, I'm a younger guy in my late 20s. But honestly, that Georgia game in 2013 when Peg Howard fumbled the football into the end zone for a touchback and we lost to Georgia, that one was pretty devastating.
0: Where were you? What do you remember about it? Like, how old were you at the time?
4: Well, I was a junior in high school. Oh. And I got into that game with my buddy, uh, best friend, and, we, you know, we had no no business being in there, couldn't afford the tickets. So great, right. Uh, and mm-hmm. we just... And I don't know if you've done this, but... You know, we would always go down. We'd have, you know, terrible nosebleed seats, and we would just kind of scope out lower seats. And if we saw open seats, we'd just go sit there. You know, if somebody asks us to go, we'll move.
13: Of
0: course, you know, yeah. I'm, course I'm a scrounger and from back nobody, in the day. I still do that. I'm an absolute seat scrounger uh, and not ashamed to do that.
4: Well, we – I forgot you can help me out with Nealon. Um, um, but where the where the families sit at, like where they run out of the tee – Right this section, right across, right next to it. Um, that's where we were at the entire game, Tony. Nobody came and kicked us out. It was awesome. Wow. Um, and so we saw, like, I mean, Bush was—he was throwing the whole kitchen sink. I mean, this is where we thought he could be a great coach because there's like a fourth and short. He went from it from his own forty and drew up this great trick play, and we saw it. It was—it was great uh, atmosphere. I mean, to me, that is maybe the loudest I've ever heard. Newland, I'm serious even louder than Oklahoma and even louder than Alabama, just because we were so hungry for some success that year, right after the, the dually here.
0: Well, and when you're at a game like that and you're there with your buddy and you're thinking to yourself, we are going to see us, before we're even supposed to be arriving, knock off a pretty good football team in a great game and Pig, How- Pig Howard lays out and tries to make a play. And if I'm not mistaken, did that uh, not happen right in front of you guys? No, that was, yeah, oh, that was the, other, the end zone. other end zone. Okay. Yeah, I the, couldn't that. remember which end zone he was going into. And you get kind of turned around on television when you're watching things. Um, but but they
4: scored the go-ahead touchdown Whenever in the late in the fourth quarter yeah. to the lead. And then Georgia, they were backed up to our end zone, and they had to go 80 yards and I think 90 seconds to tie it up. And, of course, of course they did. And that year is just unlucky because that was also the same year that we got balanced by Michigan in the Sweet 16 on probably the most horrendous call I can remember in March
0: Madness. The pain when you're a high school kid and you love sports, God, man, is there, is there anything worse than that? It's
4: well, like, that solidified my decision against uh, though. Yeah,
0: there you go. You're like, hey, this, 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 uh, I've got this in my blood. I've got no choice, right?
4: Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Well, I mean, I'm a third generation ball. My grandfather was an engineer, but my dad, my parents met. You know, they go there, so I'm UT all the way, man. But I appreciate you, show, and uh, good luck with everything. Okay.
0: Bye. Yeah. Always good. Always good hearing from you. He says good luck with everything. Was that the? Uh, was that the week after they played South Carolina or before? Because mm. they
14: beat South Carolina somewhere in there. That was an upset. A top ten South Carolina team.
0: Butchie Boy's era was such a tease, and that's a Matt Dixon question, because Cinco doesn't know either. I think they played him after that. I don't want to speak for Cinco, but Cinco's done what I've done with the Butchie Boy era, which is we used to have these erasers when I worked in um, uh, radio radio, because this isn't what I'm doing here. But we used to have these machines called, we used to have these things you record on called carts. They look like 8-tracks. And you would go over to a magnet. You'd run the card over the magnet. And it would erase what's on there. And you could re-record stuff on it. And uh, that's kind of what I've done to the Butch Jones era. I've run, my, I've run my brain over a magnet. So let's go back to the phones. So when you, start, you and Matt Dixon start talking about particulars of those years, uh, I check out, my eyes glaze over, and I feel like I'm back in history class. Hello and welcome into our next call. Yo, you're on the air. Hi.
14: Um, Tony, it was – this this sticks out in my crawl. Yeah. It is the uh, 2015 Oklahoma game in New Stadium that just – I sat there in Section BB, Row 2, with my head in my hand and Surrender Cobra, and I lost all sort of hope for uh, Butch Jones, and I sold every bit of my stock that day.
0: Now, that was uh – Correct me if I'm wrong. Did Tennessee not have like a touchdown and a half lead or something in that game? And that was the one where he kicked the field goal from like the one foot line. Is that is that what we they did? They were up seventeen. They were up seventeen nothing in the second half. You have to try at that point to lose that game. You have to really try, and sometimes you can try and not lose that game. But he he tried. I mean, he he lost it. He when did they? Out of way. When did they kick the field goal, Bry? I think it was early in the game it would have given them a seven nothing lead it would have really kick started the crowd but he kicked the field goal to make it three nothing and literally one of the was loudest in the first quarter. one of the loudest crowds in years um that's a good I I love the description of you and BB did you was it one of those deals where cuz I know when I'm in real pain at an event I will sit there for a while like I don't just get up and leave I'll sit there and just go I got to come to grips with what I just witnessed here. Did you sit? Did you linger after that one, or did you get out of there?
14: Yeah, Tony. Me and my aunt and my cousin sat in the stadium for about thirty minutes after the game. There you go. I, what, what kept coming to my mind was this is the game you win if you're back, and uh, I think that parlayed into this year and, and going forward. Is like uh, that was the game that you know Baker Mayfield was running his mouth
15: and.
0: Yep.
14: They had a linebacker, I forget his name, but he went over there to the striker zone. and Striker. Yes, yes, that's him. And just and just talked and talked and talked. And I'll even segue to this. The following season, I did not go to another single game that year, nor did I buy season tickets the following year. Uh, when they let go of Butch uh, at that LSU game, when it was a downpour, I took my now wife to our, to our very first Tennessee game. And we sat in the dry on that downpour of a game, and just because Butch was was fired was was a celebratory reason to go to that game alone.
0: The Jim Cantore game, Matt Dixon likes to say, which is a great line, that the coach it looks like Chris Christie, whose name I can never remember. Bry, help me out. The guy that was at Michigan, the guy that was like Chris Christie. What's his name, Bry? All All Caps Brady Hope. He should have been terminated. He should have been the one interim coach should have been terminated for taking that football and he even, the officials even asked him on the field, do you want to wait to take the ball? Would you like to wait for this storm to pass? And he was like, no, we want the ball. The ball goes up in the air nobody can see it. It's it was, one of the great bloopers awful. of all time. It's one of the great bloopers of all time. awful.
14: Uh, I, I'll even echo <laughs> the, the previous caller's sentiment about the basketball. That charge on Darnell Stokes, Oh. fixing
0: my crawl to this day. Oh, God. Thank you, brother. Good talking to you. Great. And I appreciate your uh, sharing. And it's romantic to think that you went to the Brady Hoke jim Cantore game uh, with your now wife. And I wish you many, many years of marital bliss. In the meantime, hour two, we were a little over here. Hour two after this, we'll continue the conversation, and we will roll it on. As we come back, I got another great—I uh, got another great painful memory for you. That was recently. That in my in my brain, I still can't comprehend happened after this.
13: This is Terry Wilcox, aka the Chicken Man, aka T Willy, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee.
7: Alert! Alert!
6: hello it's me terry tillis from tillis jewelry july reminds me of red white and blue if you were born in july your birthstone is the ruby king of the precious stones for its rarity hardness second only to diamonds we have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings modern and antique if you were born in july we'll take 10 percent off your purchase follow us on facebook and instagram
10: Automobile Keys is a local, family-owned and operated car key programming business. Whether you need a smart key, switchblade key, key fob, transponder key, or just a basic car key replacement, we're your best choice for affordable, programmable replacement keys in minutes. Give us a call at 615-878-9087 or visit our website at automobilekeys.com. You can email us at cody at automobilekeys.com. Automobile Keys is a proud sponsor of Whitthorn Middle School Football. Come by our van out front after the game and say hello. Go Tigers!
8: This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.
0: Oh my gosh, man. The struggle's real as I welcome you back. And the pain is real. And uh, we've been discussing sports pain today. And yes, we've done a show around the fact that I'm in, I, I don't know, pain. Uh,. My man, Aris, joins me now from my Tennessee Smokies. They're home this week. Aris, how you doing, brother?
16: Doing great, bro. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Hey, man. I mean, you know, it's all smiles around here except for the fact that I'm urinated off because my Philadelphia Union made me cry last night. But I guess that's par for the course when you're a Philadelphia sports fan. You guys are back home. I want to ask you about... Your painful sports memory, but before we do, the Smokies are back. All-You-Can-Eat Wednesday. How do I get in on that? One of your players just asked on the air Moment momentarily. <laughs> Tell us about the homestand, man. Yeah, bro. So
16: we're doing it right now. We're uh, in game two of six straight tonight, All-You-Can-Eat Wednesday. We only have a few seats remaining in the All-You-Can-Eat buffet, so you got to give us a call right now or buy them online, give us a call, 865-286-2300, or visit us online dot com. Plenty of seats for the game, but the all-you-can-eat buffet, we only have a few seats remaining, so you got to buy it right now. Uh, tomorrow, you know, the age-old, thirsty Thursday, but we're doing something kind of unique tomorrow. We're doing a rock-paper-scissors tournament at the ballpark, and the winner of the tournament is getting a $100 stadium cash gift card. So, you any good at it?
0: Sing, oh, I, I. Here's my thing with rock paper scissors. Anytime I've done that, I can't remember whether a paper covers a scissor or a scissor um, cuts the rock or the rock. <laughs> Sean, what's the what's the best in rock paper scissors, Cinco? Do you remember? Yeah, I think um, I think uh, a rock breaks scissors.
1: Right. A scissor yeah. cuts paper and paper covers rock
0: oh that's why it's a good now you know all these years later now i've realized why it's a good game because anybody can win no matter what you throw up there Well, wow. you know it's i'm a little slow on the uptake here so they all have their merits what are you um if we were to throw rock paper scissors eris what's your what's your go-to
16: my go-to is the paper, because I think people just think that rock would dominate everything.
0: Well, I'm a scissors, and I just cut you. So.
16: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, little Dwight Schrute there for you. So, <laughs> talk to me here. What do you mean you're going to do a rock paper? What do you, how do you implement that?
16: You know, we're going to do a tournament starting at 615. All fans in attendance can participate with it. It's going to be a best out of three for every round, so it's not just like, you know, all or nothing with one rock, paper, scissors shoot. So, best out of three, so you can kind of strategize, size up your opponent with yeah. that. And, you know, depending on how many people do it. And then we're going to have the grand finale. It's going to be in the eighth inning. And it's going to be between, we had a front office staff rock, paper, scissors tournament. And, uh, our creative, uh, services designer, our creative service manager won this tournament. So, she obviously knows what she's doing, and she will battle the fan that won the fan tournament. Boom. Holds, holds bar, no holes bar uh, contest.
0: Brian Hartman, are you good at rock, paper, scissors? Uh, I've never actually played it, so I can't I No way. Shocking. Shocking. Eris, uh, what's Thursday? Bruh. That's Thursday, oh, man. Oh, that's, that's Thursday. Thursday. I'm sorry. That's right. Now we're back to Friday. Friday, princesses in the park night, oh! a
16: princesses there, you know. I know that's a big favorite of yours.
0: Well, my daughter loved the whole princess thing when, when uh, she was a child, so that brings back great memories. Mm-hmm.
16: For sure. We're going to have Moana there, Cinderella, Belle, Rapunzel, all of your favorite princesses yep. are going to be right there at Smokey Stadium meet and greet with our fans. And we're also going to have a bat dog. For this game, one game only, we're gonna have a bat dog on the field, so that's gonna be a sight.
0: Uh, Brian's wondering what a bat dog is.
16: Just like the bat boy that would collect the bats from the Smokies players, we're gonna have a dog do that instead. We're gonna have this dog. He usually works with the Johnson City Doughboys, so a little more east in East Tennessee, uh, and he's gonna come down now and bat boy or bat dog for us for one game.
0: Does he pick the bats up with his teeth? He does. That yes, might be does. the greatest thing I've ever heard. I mean, literally. So we ran, yeah. The uh, dog knows, man. We're doing a princess a deal Friday with a bat dog, and what's the bat dog's name?
16: The bat dog's name is Rocky.
0: Rocky, and what kind of uh, dog is the bat dog?
16: To be honest, I don't know what kind of dog he is. Brian Hartman, what
0: kind with. of dog do you think the bat dog is? Got to be like a retriever of some kind, because he's got to be big enough to pick a bat up. I would think that's probably a retriever of some kind, right? He could be a he could be like a, a big collie kind yeah. of yeah. Give me yeah, a he's
16: photo. Not, of he's not the fuzziest, you know. Um, yeah. Maybe 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 more like lab, I guess. Yeah, gotta, really be allowed, to dog, gotta be a lab. Gotta be
0: able to pick things up. Yeah, I've got. I would think uh, you got to have a 75, 80 eighty-pound dog there to be able to pick a baseball bat. Uh Saturday race fans.
16: It's the night you've been waiting for, ladies and gentlemen. It's UT night Here it at is. Smoky Stadium. Here it is. We're gonna have our Joe Milton Cannon arm bobblehead giveaway. Boom. For the first one thousand fans through the gates. And these bobbleheads come in two different jerseys, so you don't know what you're going to get until you literally open it up. So we have them in the orange uniform, and we have them in the all black uniform. It's really awesome, one of a kind, the first ever Joe Milton bobblehead. That is this Saturday.
0: All right, talking to about our yeah. players, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Milton said the other day that he can throw the ball ninety yards, which I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna argue with that uh strongest arm maybe i've ever seen a quarterback team i follow is randall cunningham i saw him throw a ball 75 yards one time and pump one 85 which i think made randall cunningham a little bit athletic a little bit athletic but we've got joe milton bobbleheads saturday night and you've got him in two varieties is that what you just told me that is
16: correct. First, one thousand fans to the gates get a Joe Milton bobblehead, and you don't know what uniform he's wearing until you open up that box Ew. and see inside.
0: So. And what are the choices? Like, what, 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 what uniform colors are we are we doing here? So he has the orange
16: uh, jersey with the white pants, mm. or we're doing the black jersey with the black pants.
0: Mm. Both
16: great choices,
0: mm. Brian. Which one would you rather have? Orange with the white or the black with the black? I'd like the traditional orange and white. I think they both would be great. Eris Sports Pain. Oh, Sunday, I'm sorry. Race fans.
16: Hey, you know, Sunday is our family fun day Sunday. So special 2 o'clock first pitch on Sunday. Great day to bring the whole family out to the game. And, you know, not worry about the little ones getting too tuckered out at the end of the game.
0: And then Sunday afternoon, you'll see Aris over there literally, like, kissing the ground like he's praying to Mecca when the home stands over. So that will always always be a uh, wonderful thing as well. Boy, the season's dwindling away here, isn't it?
16: You know, if you haven't come out
0: to a game yet, we play 69 home games, and we only have
16: one month of the season remaining. Our last home game is September 17th. Right now, our Smokies are in first place, so that means that they are on pace to make the playoffs. But if you haven't come out to a game yet, what are you waiting for? This week we have a great lineup of promotions and
0: giveaways. Eris, when I say sports heartbreak to you, tell me a story about something that kind of broke your heart and made you reevaluate what we're all doing here today.
16: Well, you know, if you listen to the show and, you know, with – be here. You know, I'm a big Phillies fan. Oh, so, boy. Phillies, Eagles, Flyers, Sixers, you name it. And this is actually going back in the time machine where, uh, the 76ers had, uh, the one and only Dwight Howard on the bench. Remember those times? That was fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, and went to a road playoff game in Atlanta. 76ers were sticking it to the Hawks yeah they had a t-shirt giveaway that day and i will say that you know the state farm arena it was about 70% full for this playoff game
0: <laughs> like it was it's kind of embarrassing
16: and atlanta's a great you know, sports
0: town everybody says that if you're listening to us in atlanta today we respect you as a sports city N- not really but go ahead continue
16: you know just setting the scene here you know in my in my mb jersey and uh, arena is about seventy percent full, and the Sixers are just sticking it to the Hawks in the first half. And in the third quarter, the 76ers were up by twenty points, okay. and the arena was even you know less full than it was. And the Sixers just decided to lay down and die. And Trey Young and Bogey, as everyone was bogey. screaming, oh boy, uh, dominated and. We ended up coming, uh, the Hawks ended up coming back and winning the game. And it was just so embarrassing because the Hawks came back, they won this game, but people really weren't that excited about it. And it was just like, what am I doing here? I just got embarrassed by a
0: bunch of fair-weather fans, it felt like. I'll say it. I'll say it. Anthony, Anthony was at that game, and he texted me and he said, Dad, He said, this place is so lame. He said, and our crowd is dominating these people. Yeah. I asked him after the game, I said, did did you guys dominate those people? He said, no. we, We all sat there in stunned silence. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that not the series where Ben Simmons at the end refused to lay the ball in, basically, which made him a marked man in sports from time and eternity? Is that kind of.
16: That is indeed the series that that happened.
0: Yes. So that was sort of the beginning and the end of the Sixers. You watched the Sixers implode, basically, in that series.
16: You know, I always like to say that the Sixers lost their chances of winning a championship when Kawhi hit that shot in yes. game seven. Yes, yes. But, you know, it, there's so many there's so many times in Sixers in these past couple of years where you can really point at it. It's like, yep, that was the end. Oh, that was a big mistake. Oh, another letdown. Now Embiid wants to leave, apparently, and it's just like, oh, right, well, it's all over. Embiid
0: wants to leave? Where'd you get that?
16: Oh, I read this article yesterday, but I don't think that's the truth. So
0: might be just, you know, tabloids. James Harden, though, is just a turd. No offense to the guy. He's just a turd. can't stand that guy. I cannot. St- I mean, I cannot believe that that, he, that somebody will pay him to play basketball with his attitude. Just look you at that guy. Two throws, I guess. Brian, you want him in Boston at a cut rate? You want you want <laughs> you some James Harden? No, was that the year where uh, the season was later because of COVID? It didn't start on time. I think that's right, Brian. It was a couple years ago, and it was that that series was like mid Juneish. I think that's and you right, only Brian. We had the finals going. I, that might be right. You remember that Eris where you, was it was at mid june that you were down there. To be honest, I really can't
16: remember when it was. It was definitely during baseball season, but that doesn't really say much. So I can't remember when it was.
0: Brother, you have a Dwight Gooden. Thanks for sharing your heartbreak. If folks want to get out and see our Smokies, how do they do so?
16: Give us a call at 865-286-2300 or way easier. Visit us online, SmokiesBaseball.com. Keep up with all of our promotions, our giveaways. And, of course, buy tickets at SmokiesBaseball.com.
0: You're my man. I love you. Thanks. Love you, dude. Great, Aris. The pain, the struggle is real. He was there to see the Sixers implode in Atlanta. And then you got to drive back from that thinking to yourself, what in the world have I done? All right, I'm going to give you another sports heartbreak memory moment. And Sean will appreciate this. Let's rewind the clock to, oh, I don't know. Let me count back here. Fourteen months ago. Brian, what am I talking about? I think you're talking about the the super regional. I'll never forget that as long as I live, and here's the worst part about the super regional. I've never told anybody this. I've never even said this out loud. But I had a thought. I had a thought. First of all, If you're not familiar with what we do, I was at that game with my family, blessed enough to be able to get in there, and did the post-game show from over there, did it rather crudely, did it on a cell phone, took phone calls, got cussed out by a couple people, because I was uh, pretty hard on Tony Vols and some of the things that happened in that series, and but I lingered over there. I was over there for a good. Uh, I was over there for a good ninety minutes afterwards. I've never said this on the air. The game was painful enough because it was just so random and out of nowhere. But isn't that baseball? At the end of the day, the whole sport of baseball is random and out of nowhere. It's just random. So you're in an elimination game. It's a one-game series. It's a one-game season. The whole, we all know what happened. Sean, were you in the park that day? Were you there, how hot it was in the park? Do you remember that? It was unbelievably hot in that place.
1: It's Notre Dame Super Regional?
0: Yeah. Yes, sir. Do you remember how hot? I mean, it was just oppressively. You couldn't breathe in that place. Yeah, it was hot.
1: I, re- I remember being stunned when they hit those two home runs oh, late in the game. I was like, going, "What?
0: Oh boy, is this really happening? Oh boy, we did that post game, and I, I, I'm telling you, getting off the air and walking from where I was sitting on a curb over there to the car, I had a thought occur to me, and the thought is. You are a total fraud. And here's why. I thought to myself, how can you be in total pain for something that three years ago you didn't even know existed? Now, try to wrap your brain around that as a sports fan. You didn't even know this existed three years ago, and if... That Literally, that day is one of the five low points of my sports-watching life. Now, is my sports pain there any less than Matt's, who's followed his whole life, his whole existence, who was telling us about uh, going down to the um, SEC tournament back in uh, I guess would have been Birmingham, Hoover, whatever. I don't even know if it's the same stadium, different stadium, but the kids catching the foul balls, that was him. He was minted in that. Literally, the college baseball thing is something pre-Tony Valls I didn't even know existed. I was in such pain, like a bunch of us were, but I felt pathetic because I felt Fake. Does that make any sense, guys, what I'm saying? Sean, does that make any sense? How could you be in total pain over something three years ago you didn't even know existed? Yeah, I'm not sure on that one. But I was in total pain. I believe you. But I felt like, I felt, I don't know. But to this day, that remains extremely painful extremely painful
1: but th- you know what don't we have to have those moments to have the opposite effect of the Sugar Bowls, the National Championship um, making it to Omaha this past year don't you have to have that yin and yang to make the other one so exciting, you've, you've said for years that the Alabama football fan is bored now yep I, mean, I, don't every, to, I don't, I don't want to have a downer or yeah. something like that. But it just,
0: that's what, that's what keeps you coming. Well, for every hobnail boot, there's a Dobbs nail boot. Yeah, and I guess in a lot of ways, guys, if you stop and think about with any of these things, right? I probably in that loss ended up more of a fan than would have been if we would have won and gone to the College World Series again. Because I'm telling you, I got home that night, and for it was so hot out there. And everybody knows. And I'm not a heat person. And so it was so hot, and I was so exhausted from doing the show, and I was so just empty from everything that had occurred. And it was just unbelievably terrible. It so, something clicked me, though. I couldn't wait for next play. season to begin. I
6: couldn't wait the for the Southern, next. Miss. Yes.
0: Yeah. that's right, Brian. Go that ahead. Southern Miss thing. No, you're right, Brian. It made us appreciate that much more than, say, the year before. That was they incredible. Beat LSU. I was when they fought their way out of that Southern Miss thing this year with everything that happened in that deal, the rain delays and the whole deal. That was incredible. But let's go back to the phones. I felt very fraudulent, though. I really. I got to my car and I was like. Man, what are
1: you doing?
0: Hey,
1: speaking of fraudulent, I saw yeah. I saw Urban Meyer on a on a sports cast the other day talking about football. How in the world is that guy still relevant after all of his nonsense?
0: How long is it going to be, um, Sean, till Oklahoma hires him?
1: Somebody will, but you you gotta wonder if his shelf life is you know is. Going away, I, I don't know. I mean, that guy, that I, I can't even describe that guy. It's his Florida stuff. Yeah, his Jaguar stuff. yeah Public, I mean, just getting exposed for the just the creep he is. Yes.
0: Didn't Brian? Didn't that Jag story, the thing with the woman and the dirty dancing? Didn't that happen when he was a Jags coach and he didn't go back, fly back with his team? What was, was there a backstory on that? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he stayed up there, said he was going to hang out with his family who, I guess they were coming from a game in Cincinnati. And he told everyone he's going to hang out with his family in I guess Columbus or whatever. And then the next thing you know, there there's that picture comes out and, Unbelievably he still was the coach. He didn't he didn't get fired after that. He he still coached the entire year almost before they finally had enough after watching I mean like this 15 or something. Hey guys, after watching this latest round of whatever this is, the latest round of there is a president out there and a chancellor out there and a booster base that will have this guy. Because these people in college sports believe in nothing. Nothing. That's what they believe in. They believe in absolutely nothing.
1: And that's why I'm so proud to have just been a very small, very infinitesimal small piece
0: of Shiano Sunday. Amen. That is amen. amen. Because the people that should have known better, the people that should have known better didn't know better. And they needed to be told. Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome into the next call. On a day where we uh, talk about the struggles and the pain, and I don't know. Hello, welcome in. Hey
13: Tony. Hey Tony, it's Og Parker.
0: Hey Og Parker, welcome in. It's
13: been a long time, but <clears throat> uh, if I remember correctly, that more the day of that uh, Notre Dame uh, game, uh, the baseball game, I texted you saying I was worried, and nervous about it, and you you texted me back saying, "Nah, we're good." Exactly. We're, we're so that, I can understand why you're even more distraught over it. but
0: Oh, I was 1,000%. Like, if you'd have said to me, your life is on the line, choose, I'd have said you can go ahead and do whatever you're going to do because it ain't going to happen today. This team is going to get steamrolled.
13: <laughs> but anyway, I've got a, I've got my own Mount Rushmore right. of, of pain. All
0: right.
13: Um uh, and my first one is probably it, well, not probably. It is 1978. Bucky F. and Dent. I was uh, I was 10 years old and sitting in my then best friend's house watching that game, and he was a Yankees fan.
0: Now, for the uninitiated, back then you played the full regular season. Four teams qualified for the playoffs at the end. The uh Yankees and Royals were tied. Red and they Sox. and they played a one did they play a one game playoff or was that an was that a uh, that was the it ALCS, was wasn't it? Game, yeah, it was a one
13: game playoff in
0: Fenway. Wow. Yeah, Sox, oh, it was the Red Sox. That's right. I'm sorry, it wasn't yeah. the Royals.
15: Yeah.
13: It was the Bucky
0: Dent game. Yeah. Martin. Yeah. yeah, I'm mixing my metaphors because I remember a game where I think Bucky Dent or one of those light-hitting guys hit a home run to make Freddie Patek cry, who was the uh, royal shortstop. But, yeah, you're, you're talking about that one-game series. So imagine that, kids. Two teams win close to 100 games, the Red Sox and Yankees, and they got to play one game to see who gets in. Not this thing we're watching now, where it is a battle for mediocrity at the bottom of uh, Major League Baseball, including my Philadelphia Phillies.
13: My Red Sox are, are part of that. So, uh, yes. But, uh, that's number one. Number two is 1987. I believe it's 1987 NBA Finals. In Boston Garden, Magic Johnson has got the ball in the right wing. He dribbles into the paint and gives a baby hook to win the game. And I just watched that game, and I was like, the Celtics are going to lose this series, and they they were the best team by far all season long and had come on and that was uh, the year after their eighty six championship
0: So you're a celtic yeah. fan, Briany boy, how about that o G yeah. Parker is a celtic fan
13: that was just, just i mean to do it in the garden, you know, and I was like, oh, you gotta be kidding me, but then my two football ones is last year's South Carolina game uh i just can't tell you how what that did uh to me uh because it just it came out of nowhere didn't see it coming but my other one my og i guess football experience came in 1990 and i think you know know which game i'm going to talk about that year, earlier that season we had walked the dog all over florida in that's the- right Dale Carter started the second half by taking it all the way to That's the That's right. And the route was on. My constitutional law professor, I was in my senior year, my constitutional law professor was a Florida alum, big-time Gator fan. And I got in the class the following Monday before him and wrote on the blackboard in big letter, big numbers, 45-7. <laughs> You're a brave kid, man. Hey, but anyway, okay, so the – you know what happens with the Bama game. The the blocked kick, the ball rolls literally like 30 yards, 40 yards backward to give Alabama an opportunity for a literal last-second field goal that they put through the uprights to beat Tennessee 9-6. to six. And that was a team that was like...
0: Where were you, Park? Where were you when that happened?
13: I was at home. I was home watching it, screaming at the television, you know, five yards, pick it up, fall on it. Pick it up, ten yards. Fall on it. it. Just you know, coming out of my skin and everything. They line up and they kick that last-second field goal. Sean, that were you on? Sean, were back. you
0: on the sidelines for that game? Were you involved in that? Which one was that again? The n- ninety Alabama game. Ninety what? Ninety Alabama game.
1: Oh yeah, the Philip Doyle thing. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. When he Check hit the. Out. When he kicked that ball, it, I swear it sounded like a bazooka going off, and I thought it was—I thought it was going to knock the north end zone completely down.
13: Well, the following Monday, constitutional law, we're going over a case, and you know that we will write the case number and the case number and the name of the case, right? Well, in the case number. Is the number 96, and our law professor looks at it and just puts a dash between the 9 and the 6 and doesn't say anything and continues on
0: with it. That the is the greatest thing maybe I've ever heard on here. You talk about yeah. a low key burn. I think I know. Thank you, Park. Okay. Have good, good talking list. to you. Good. Go I was going to add, I think I know who that is. Professor? That was. that. that say, say his name. Yeah, I think I may have had him. Say his name. I. I think it was Dr. Shebb. Uh, Parker? Was it Dr. Sheb? Say the name, say the name, say the name. Let's go back to the phones. Yeah, he was a big Gator fan. I know that. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome on a day where I want you to share my pain here. Make me feel better. Parker just did. Because when a guy writes 9-6 on your blackboard, it's case 96, and he puts a dash between it. Touche! Hello, and welcome into our next call.
15: Hey, John, it's Matt from Caraville. How's it going?
0: Hey, Matt in Caraville. how you doing, brother? Always good to hear your voice.
15: Yes, sir. And uh, that was a that was a that was a great story there by by the uh, OG Parker. That was incredible, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: when you're a professor, yeah, that, that was that was awesome. That's right between your eyes, you know. That's right between. You'll never forget that. <laughs>
15: yeah, that's awesome. But uh, you know, my my number one for some reason the NCAA tournament in basketball has always hit me harder than you know maybe besides LSU 2001 as a 11 year old sitting there in the Georgia dome but <laughs> the NCAA tournament has always hit me harder and me and the great uh, Austin Collins' brother of Josh Collins made the trip up to Louisville to watch us uh play Purdue whatever it was, I said, 2019 it was that 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 one, we just sat there for a little while, and uh, that one was probably the hardest one because you knew it was a, such a, a bad foul call there at the end. And you know that, you know, that was my favorite, if not definitely my favorite basketball team, Tennessee's ever had, but maybe my favorite team, Tennessee's ever had on any. Well, you know, to your we point,
0: we had out at the original corner sixteen a million watch parties that year for that team. I, I don't know how many. I think. I, We may have had, at one point, we were doing every game home and away out there and down the stretch. Uh, That was the year that we beat Kentucky in the semifinal, kind of laid an egg against... bruce pearl's team it, on that I sunday for that one and nobody was really in pain over that game because of how great the kentucky win was you know and yeah he,
15: everyone knew that you know, the kentucky game so, i mean the kentucky game was our championship yes game, you know i don't to give kentucky too much credit but yep. you know that was our championship game but yeah we you know if you remember correctly in that purdue game we got down like 20 points
0: too it was and unbelievable
15: everybody, everybody there knew we were going to come back too because we were just back good yes sir and To come back and get a foul call and a you know a leg kick out that,
0: that was just that was just brutal. But, that was the thick leg ke- uh, ke- uh thick leg, legged guy, Brian, that your Celtics drafted. What was that kid's name, Brian? Edwards. Carson Edwards. Carson Edwards, very good player, very yeah, good college very. player. Well, it was a great college player, but a scrub in the NBA. Yeah, but you know, he's physically that game didn't suit him. Very good college no. player though. But you're right, he did kick his leg out. And you know, you said something Matt, about the March Madness thing, and uh, Parker used the term Mount Rushmore of pain. And there is something about the finality of losing those March games that really make you brutal. feel like a fool. That we care about it the way we do. Like I guarantee you, driving back from that deal probably felt like you guys made a ten-hour drive.
15: Oh gosh, it was yeah, it was it it was the longest drive back from Louisville I've ever had before. <laughs> But uh you know, I, I gotta mention football just because, yeah. you know, I've been going to football games my entire life. I would say you know, I've, I've said like I said, I was at the LSU game in I won, that was probably the worst. But the most for go like the going from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, I'll never forget. In two thousand four, when I, when Will Hoyt hits the field goal against Florida, you beat Florida and then the next week you have a top ten matchup against Auburn that's your favorite now. And Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams comes to the Nealon Stadiums and just ran all over us and just beat our brains in. And I remember sitting there as a 12 year old kid, and my my dad just making me stay there the entire game. <laughs> it was brutal. That's the that's the most vivid memory of a loss that I have back from, you know that time that time period. But I just remember having to sit there and just watch every every minute of it. And it was that one was a uh, very low low for me. Definitely, probably not for everybody, but I just remember having to sit there and uh, watch the the train wreck unfold as, you know, we had two freshman quarterbacks just throwing interceptions every other possession. But uh,
0: yeah, pretty we weren't ready for that. Start. Yep. But, Thanks, man. Good no. talking to you. Yeah. Hey, Sean, if I'm not, if I don't, rem- if remembering this correctly, was the Tennessee involved with Ronnie Brown and and Cadillac? Weren't they involved with both those guys at one point, recruiting wise?
1: Absolutely we were we um uh Ronnie Brown looked like we um had a real good shot at him and uh out of, you know and then we were I thought there was a there was a thought that we might be able to get him both yeah mm-hmm. and then uh Cadillac Williams what we did was there was another uh running back that we did sign named Williams who may have may have gained more yards in Cadillac in high school in the mm. state and mm. what have you and then um, uh, we took him, not instead, but Cadillac you know, they both went to, Cadillac went to Auburn, then Ronnie Brown went to Auburn and uh, we, I can't remember the young man's name, uh, but it was it, this fella with all due respect, wasn't close to either one of those two, and Ronnie Brown actually became much better player than you know, it was thought that he was going to
0: it's really interesting. Yeah, it's, you know, wasn't the kid from Louisiana that they got the way, from, like, Clackman, Black Louisiana? Wow, Brian. How that's in your uh, no, brain? His name is Williams. I think, was, I think he was from
1: the same state as Cadillac. I think, uh, no, I don't think so.
0: Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome into our next call uh, on a Wednesday edition. Hi. Hi,
11: hey, Tony. Is this me?
0: Yo, go right ahead.
11: Hey, Tony, uh listen to you a long time, first-time caller. Thank uh, you. Ricky in Greenville. Uh, I think you know one of my buddies, Brian Staten, over at Radio Greenville?
0: Absolutely. Good yeah, people.
11: Um, yeah, yeah, I've, been, I've worked there part-time 20-some years. I do that on the side. But uh, try to keep it brief, but this is a painful memory. Uh, a 21-17 to game in 1996, uh, Tennessee and Memphis State.
0: Oh, man, tell yeah. me, where were you that day?
11: I was a sixteen year old kid working at kmart uh hating my life because I was having to <sighs> work um but I would go back and forth to the break room. It was pretty close to uh where I worked in electronics and I was keeping tabs on the game and I saw the guy the what's his name and he won an SP for hitting the ground he didn't even that kickoff return it was miraculous. The guy hit the ground and he still wins an SB. that that still sticks in my craw. But, <laughs> The the main part of it when they get to the end of the game and it's obvious and we lose. I'm a 16 year old kid that's lived, breathed Tennessee my whole life, and I'm a moron. So I run my hand through a wooden table in the break room at Kmart, and one of the assistant managers comes flying out behind me and I think, oh good, I'm going to get fired on top of everything else. And he's like, you can't go back to work. I say, why not? He said, I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to break the table. He's like, no, no, that's not it. He said, look down. He's look at your hand. I look at my hand and there's a bone sticking up through the skin. What? My painful memory, my painful memory is running my hand through a table and actually then going straight to the emergency room and having, uh, having some surgery done to repair my broken hand because I was a moron.
0: Oh my, that's mic drop, man.
11: So um, you know when they say pain, when you said painful memory, I had to call in today with that because that's uh, it's it's always been a painful memory. And every time I want to hit something over UT, all I got to do is look look at that scar on my right hand and say, nope, it's definitely not worth.
0: It. That is a awesome story. Hey, thanks for being there, man. Call us again, okay?
11: Yes, sir. Thank you.
0: Thank you. That that's the kind of stuff, Sean. You were talking about earlier. When you um when you get in a spot where you got to reevaluate, when you're putting your hand through a table because of the result of a game, might be time to reevaluate some things.
1: Yeah, I never did that, but uh just because I'm too cheap to buy another table. Uh but uh um, yeah, you might want to rethink some things. Yeah,
0: I might want to might might be time to just kind of uh oh, I don't know. Take, take that ass- self-assessment. Sort of like me today. I'm telling you, I was really urinated off over a Major League Soccer game last night. We'll come back, get some more calls in, heading for a TLD Logistics Overdrive overtime. He is SCAN Sinclair DDS. He's in beautiful Maryville. We're whittling away the time, but we're uh, the pain is real. The pain is real, as is the pleasure, as Sean said earlier. We continue with more after this. <laughs>
5: The Kiwanis Club and Columbia Main Street are partnering to create the best event of the season The annual Kiwanis Chili Cook-Off and the new Main Street event, Fall Fest on the Square This will be held September 30th, 3-7pm, to downtown Columbia There will be music, food trucks, vendors, and entertainment by the renowned journey band, Majestic For more information, visit the Kiwanis of Columbia Facebook page and click the events tab Or go to www.visitcolumbia.com
14: This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee.
0: TB, back with you. So, Sean, somebody asked me a question yesterday. I'm going to ask you this, and then we'll go back to the phones, because our topic here, and I don't have time to get any more calls in. These kids are just, they're going to take this money from Missouri, right? Or any of these kids. If they decide they're not going to play at Missouri or not going to sign with Missouri after taking this money, is there any recourse from these uh, NILs, or do they kind of have them, Sean?
1: I don't believe so, because if it, it – look, there was some talk about um, – there was some talk about uh, – uh, and I'll just say Nico, right? That, um, that there were benefits, et cetera. And I think it was all legal. But the point being, since you can't have <clears throat> since you can't have pay for play, that a kid, if they took money, if they accepted money beforehand, that there's nothing a collective could do. They just they would have to they
0: would just have to eat it. Wow. Okay.
9: This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM one oh one point seven FM
7: Columbia